Off the Bench is a podcast created by ASCLS that will discuss the scientific and not so scientific ideas in laboratory medicine. We are joined by members of ASCLS, fellow scientists, educators, and researchers, along with those interested in the profession. We share ideas and talk nerdy. And welcome back to the Off the Bench podcast. I am Sophia Chandrasekhar, one of your hosts, and today we have... My name is Justin Hannenberg, president of California. My name is Galena Dranova. I'm a Minnesota um, delegate for today's House of Delegates, and that's what we're here to talk to you about uh, with... Maddie Josephs, president of ASCLS. Thank you so much for joining us, Maddie. Very exciting. Thanks for having me. So... What is this really quick episode? This is basically like a, hey, there's an update. Hey, stat add-on episode. Here's some stuff because this has been an absolutely crazy, awesome week for ASCLS. First, there was PRISM, the very first PRISM event. Then we had our first ELLMC squared event. And then we had our very first mid-year House of Delegate event. Justin, do you want to talk about PRISM? Absolutely. I'm really excited about PRISM and the movement that's been happening within ASCLS Diversity Advocacy Council. PRISM is hopefully soon to be an annual happening where we focus on aspects of health inequities, socioeconomic factors that influence health, and looking at bringing more diversity and inclusion into the organization, not just within its membership, but really looking inward towards the overall organization. This week, we had a few events. It was our first time with a virtual book club, and the, cl- uh, the book of choice was CAST. Uh, we had some really wonderful discussions Wednesday. I happened to sit in on both of them, had a lot of aha moments and things come clear to me. Then reinforced with Dr. Eubanks from Rutgers University coming to speak with us about cultural humility, cultural competence. And we've also had, we're raising money for the, the education and research fund through a silent auction. And what I'm really excited about, hopefully we'll get this podcast out just in time to prepare for the Glenda Price interview and candid discussion past president of ASCLS and the very first African-American president within the organization. If this podcast comes out in time, it should be later today, Monday, January 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So please do join. Um, I attended ELMC Squared, which was absolutely amazing. And what it stands for, it stands for the Emerging Laboratory Managers Collaborative Conference. As someone who's new in a like middle barely middle management position. I thought this was absolutely amazing. Um, Sessions were great. And I hope it happens again every year. I can't wait for it to happen every year. One of my biggest takeaways from it was to start a binder of tasks, passwords, and resources that I have to utilize in my day-to-day workings. That way, in case something happens to me or I'm not available, someone else has that opportunity to use it. And today we also had our first ever mid-year House of Delegates event. So let's just jump right into it. Yeah, and I will have to say, um, when I first became an ASCLS member, um, we I was asked to be a delegate, and I had absolutely no idea what in the world that was, um, nor did I uh, quite understand until I got I got there. Um, all I was told is that you travel to the national meeting, you sit in in front of board of directors, um, you vote on some stuff. So, uh, Maddie, really hoping uh, for those of you who have never heard of the House of Delegates, who uh, this is the first time they're hearing the term, what is its purpose and how does it operate between the states? Thanks, Galena. And I have to say, I was very much like you the first time that I attended my first House of Delegates. There was a lot of pomp and circumstance going on. 
And it was it was quite impressive. And even at my first House of Delegates, I I have to say again, I really didn't. I was a delegate, but I was I was seeing something for the first time and trying to understand what it was that I was seeing. But basically, the House of Delegates um, always convenes at the annual meeting, so they convene annually. And um, this first this was the first today was the first day that we had a mid year House of Delegates. So basically, the House of Delegates is the body. It's a governing body, and it has a, the authority within our society to take action, like election of officers and, and members of the board of directors, and even some elective committees like nominations and judicial. Um, it also meets whenever there's any amendments or even adoption of new bylaws or articles in, of incorporation. So in other words, um, whenever we change the bylaws, those changes have to be voted on by the entire House of Delegates. And as we did today, we voted to adopt a revised position paper. Um, we, we have several position papers uh, that take on the position of our organization, but we voted today to adopt a revised paper that will be posted on the website soon. So basically it covers, it, it, it takes care of the business of the organization on the whole. Certainly the board of directors conduct business and, and make decisions on behalf of the organization. But when it comes to things like elections and, and bylaws and, and amendments to bylaws, um, it, it takes the House of Delegates to convene to, to vote on those things. It, it sounds like it is a fantastic way for um, members to stay involved in the organization long term and really uh, create an impact um, and be a part of the process. So that's really right. important. It's true. Uh, some of the main themes that we talked about in today's House of Delegates, um, I think, can be uh, summarized around standardization um, and regional audits and state dues. So all really important um, conversations. And I just wanted to get a little bit more into these topics with the full disclaimer that these are topics that have not been voted on. Um, these are just beginning presentations and discussions and more data mining and, and conversation started starters. Um, so what of this theme of standardization really stood out to you, Maddie? Well, you know, I, I just have to say that the reason why the board of directors took this up, um, it started actually a couple of years ago with the Constituent Society Task Force that looked at our societies holistically and 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 took surveys and saw what what societies were were active and healthy and, and which were not so much or which and some that are totally inactive and the reasons why. So it was a root cause task force to determine what was going on with these with these societies. And um, one of the things that came out of that was like how different, but we're one organization, we are one ASCLS and we we are incorporated as such, but all of our uh, all of our state organizations, our state societies are also incorporated. And the thing that came out of that root cause task force was how different we all are in terms of our bylaws and our governance, heck, even our dues fees, dues schedule, as, as you heard today at the House of Delegates. 
So we are attempting to help our constituent societies, particularly those that are that are really hurting, particularly those that need some help, by coming up with some standardization. That is, th- this is what your board of directors should look like. This is how you elect your delegates. This is what your due schedules are. Because if we're all the same, then it makes the transition from one leader to another seamless. Because we can, we can lean on one another. We can ask one another questions and we can get help. But we can't do that if we're all doing something differently. So part of the theme of not just standardization, but also simplification. So we want to simplify things. We want our new leaders to not be overwhelmed. We want our new and emerging leaders to be able to uh, step into a role and and have a, a good grasp of what it is that they're supposed to be doing. And the way to do that, we think, is to standardize practices and, and simplify them, frankly. The regional standardization kind of came up because of some conversations that happened among constituent states and one that had been enacted and became active again and wanted to know about the monies that were in the regional treasury and, and all this other stuff. Well, what you know, the, the thing that came out of that is that regions are not incorporated like states are. They're they're just we break up the United States into 10 regions and these states belong to this region and that region. And um, what we needed to understand is that we as a national organization are responsible for those funds in the treasury. You know, if anything, if somebody should abscond with money or whatever the case may be, or do something um, illegal, we're, we're kind of at risk because we're responsible for that. So we need to find a way then to, um, to kind of simplify, again, simplify, standardize, do the same across our 10 regions. And that includes um, what we're doing with regional treasuries. We are not, the board, when I say we, I mean the board is not trying to take away the autonomy of any state society or any regional director or any regional council. We're just trying to simplify and standardize practices. That's it. And I think for, once again, those who may not be involved in ASCLS as um, House of Delegates members or are just thinking about joining ASCLS, one of the things that um, I had to understand is that there's these three layers to our organization. There's the national level, the regional level, and the state level. And so the standardization you're speaking of is, well, how do we align all three of these layers into one cohesive body where we're all represented um, in a similar manner, um, once again, because standardization is going to help us with these transitions that you speak of. Right. You're, you're absolutely right. And again, I, I keep going back to the, um, we are one. We are the American Society of Clinical Laboratory Science. And whether you live in, in Rhode Island like I do or in California like Justin does, we still belong to the same society. And, and so we, sh- you know, our society should look the same, basically. And that leads uh, into our next question about um, the attitudes that are changing about what makes the government governance body 
Um, Justin, do you um, want to expand on that a little? Question here. Um, I've been to a number of House of Delegates over the years, and I have seen some variance in it. A lot of times it can be very task oriented. We're voting on lots of things or certain changes. Sometimes there's discussions that go back and forth on technical points or even just verbiage on how do we call this certain group of members? Um, our emeritus happens to be a particular point of contention frequently. What I noticed about this particular House of Delegates was that there was a lot more conversation, not necessarily voting and making writing anything in, new into the bylaws, rather than having discussions about where the direction is going. So I wanted to ask you, Maddie, thinking about where we're headed, what are some of the changing what are some of the changing attitudes about the governance body? Well, in terms of the House delegates, you know, the fact that we were virtual, we were virtual last year too at the annual, but and that was the first time. So they're a little, you know, that that went very well. But when we're sitting in that room as a House of Delegates and to to speak, you have to get up and you have to walk up to a microphone, you have to identify yourself, and then you have to state what your position is on whatever it is the debate is that's going on. Um, and so there are a lot of people that are uncomfortable with that, you know, and uh, because it, it seems like in the past there have been some pretty contentious discussions um, at the House of Delegates, some that even I have seen, you know, a while, a long time ago. But the fact that you said today that there was more discussion that you'd ever seen before is really heartening for me and the board of directors, because this is exactly what we want. We need to engage our members. We need to engage the people who have a vested interest in our organization. And this is exactly what we should be doing. Um, yes, there, there is, we know we, we have rules and then we follow Robert's rules and, and we have a, a Point, you know, points of order that we need to adhere to, but this is exactly what the House of Delegates should be. It should be there for debate. It should be there for discussion. And I thought some really good points came out today um, in the discussion. And, it, you know, we only voted on one thing, but I think we kind of made some really good headway on, on some of the initiatives that the board and committees would like to see go forward. I certainly found for myself, something you had mentioned there about the structure of the House of Delegates made me think of like, anytime I was a brand new delegate, if I wanted to bring something up, that process of walking up, saying who I am in front of the microphone, it can be a little nerve wracking when you're in a room full of people that you don't know and you haven't quite established yourself as someone, but maybe you have an idea and something you wanna bring up, you get choked up at that microphone. The other part of that too, I was thinking of is, there was a word mentioned, impressive about how House of Delegates can look. And the way it was taught to me was if it went brought in, like, how does House of Delegates work? And they're like, oh, it's kind of like Congress. So if you've ever had the interest of watching C-SPAN, God bless your soul, um, it can be very much in the same sort of format. But one of the things that I had noticed was there was a lot of 
talk about the words we use to describe House of Delegates. And one of the words that was brought up was impressive. Uh, we were talking about how some of the descriptors talk more into the display and decoration of who makes the House of Delegates, but we're looking and focusing more into the content of the discussions, the impact that the event has, and the outcomes going forward. One of the other things that I also picked up was ACLS has a history of not making a House of Delegates exclusive. There's not barriers to anyone, or they don't want to put up barriers to saying, no, you can't do this, or you must meet certain merits. But there seems to be a new attitude focusing on shifting that towards a more active inclusive to have the representation match the overall demographic of who our profession is, rather than who's been in the organization for X number of years. You're, you're absolutely right. Again, that's something that we are working towards. We're, we're trying to make our organization look like our profession. And, and the people that are making decisions for the organization need to be representative of, of what our profession looks like. We've talked a lot this week with the PRISM events going on. We've talked a lot this week about you know diversity, equity, inclusion, and the delegates that were in the meeting today were elected last year. Those are the same delegates that were sitting in the meeting last July 2nd. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to say that it was a diverse group, but I, I think it looked, I think it looked a, a little bit more based on the, the comments that I was seeing coming in and, and just how freely people were, were able to express their opinion and agreed with one another and sometimes disagreed and it was okay because it's okay to disagree. So as someone who is that bench tech who wants to be a House of Delegates, if I want to become a delegate, how, how would I go about doing that? I know that I can go to my state, but it varies so much by state, but like who, how, what's the process? So it, and it does vary by state. So you, whatever state constituent society you belong to, um, you are, you need to be nominated and then elected as a delegate. So uh, it depends very often, it depends on how, how many delegates a state has, depends upon what their total membership numbers are. I know, for example, for central New England, which is uh, my home state organization, um, we have one delegate for 50 members, for 15 members, 50 rather, five zero. And um, the delegates always include the president, the president-elect, uh, the student forum president, and then, uh, which we still call it student forum, but developing professional. And, um, and then we elect people who have either self-nominated or been nominated um, as delegates based on the number of membership, uh, of membership as of a certain date. So it really depends on your state bylaws um, in, in SOPs and, and how they elect delegates. But if you want to be a del, if you want to sit as a delegate in the House of Delegates, you, it's, you simply are elected by your state. I think what I'm hearing from that wonderful description is that the best way to get into the House of Delegates is to really become involved in your state organization. So in whatever capacity that is, whether it's um, helping host conferences, uh, being a webmaster, um, you know, there's many opportunities, but that's the start. That's absolutely true, Galena. You've, you've hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. 
So I guess, are there any other ways to, w- to witness House of Delegates? Because we had a great opportunity to Galena, Justin, and I all being delegates of witnessing on Zoom. Moving forward, are there other things that we're trying to do, other platforms we're trying to reach? Sure. Um, first of all, anybody can witness the House of Delegates. When we meet in person, there's a gallery and you can be in the room with the House of Delegates. You just, you're not a voting delegate, but you can witness the proceedings. Today's House of Delegates was being simulcast on YouTube. So um, if you weren't a delegate and in, I'll call it the room, um, you know, the Zoom room, uh, you could watch the House of Delegates on YouTube. Yeah, so basically we've got our own Congress and our own C-SPAN. In you, terms you got of that Zoom right, yeah, YouTube. exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll call it ASCLS SPAN. <laughs> <laughs> One other question I had for you, Maddie. It, um, we mentioned it earlier before, and it was one of the few things that we did vote on for this particular House of Delegates that I think is a particular interest, not just for our organization, but for the profession as a whole moving forward. And that was the position paper on the labor- on the value of laboratory professionals. I'm really excited about this, but I'd like to hear a bit from you. What's the gist of it? So this was actually a revised position paper. We, we have one right now that's sitting on the website that is quite old. And one of the charges to the position papers task force was to revise and update this paper. And of course, position papers are important to an organization, not just for our members, but for our profession, and in our case, other healthcare professions. So basically this position paper on professional value um, highlighted our role as medical laboratory professionals. And, and not just, we don't just provide laboratory tests. Of course, that's, that's what we do, but we don't just do that. You know, there, there is, we have become members of that clinical decision support team. We consult and we collaborate with um, other healthcare providers. And that's a, a big part of our job. We are concerned with patient safety and, and um, certainly outcomes for that patient. There was a piece in the paper that just elaborated on that um, patient safety piece. Budgets, finance, you know, there's so much that encompasses what we do in our role in healthcare that we, uh, we are integral members of the people who deliver healthcare. And it is, again, it speaks to visibility and to have people understand what it is that we do, what our profession is. It's more than just pressing a button on an instrument and walking away. It's it's tons more than that, right? So it, it, it's just outlining our, our position in what we think the value of our clinical laboratory profession is. I think out of all of this and all the topics that we've covered, the House of Delegates today covered in two hours quite a variety of topics uh, from the position paper to all the standardization and all the goal setting and discussion. So it was, it was very impressive, Maddie, how much got done in a very productive manner um, in a very short time. So for anyone out there listening, interested, highly recommend that it be a goal that you either witness or participate as a delegate, because it's a really wonderful opportunity to feel like you are part of something so much bigger 
than just, you know, being a medical laboratory scientist versus being a medical laboratory scientist representing our entire community. And, and I cannot stress that enough, Galena, of the importance of especially you all as young professionals getting involved. I, I realize that, you, you know, you're all employed and you're very busy. You, you have your personal lives and you have your work lives. But part of being a professional means acting for your profession. And ASDLS, as the premier clinical lab- medical laboratory science organization, needs young people to step up and become involved and, and take on positions of leadership because there will be turnover. It, you know, it's happening. It's happening in, in, in the field. It's going to happen in this organization. And we need for this organization to continue in good hands And the way to do that is become involved, learn about the organization, take on um, leadership roles and and bring ASCLS into the next generation. Thank you so much, Maddie. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Maddie, for joining us. And thanks, guys, for hopping on for a quick off the bench add-on podcast. Thanks so much. Take care. Be well. Maddie. Yep. Bye, Maddie. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.